We started with 16 teams. Tonight, we come in with eight. Tonight, we're going to leave with two. Convince Me Madness rolls on. It's the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the inaugural Convince Me Madness tournament to find out which school has the best overall athletic program. Tonight is episode 47 of Convince Me. Welcome in, everybody. Like I said, episode 47. This is Convince Me. I am Andy Rutherford, joined as always by Mr. Brian Bennett, Mr. Casey O'Rod. Gentlemen, how goes it? Better than my bracket, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) It is on the boulevard of broken dreams and broken brackets right now. You want to know how bad brackets are? Very 2000s of you. Yeah, very. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Brackets are so bad. One of my ESPN brackets, I have nine of the Sweet 16. Nine. That's not a big deal. I'm in the 98.4 percentile with nine out of 16 Sweet 16 teams. Hopefully we grade this on a curve. This is like the test you get in school and you're like, everybody failed. Let's get a 20-point curve. That's That's what this is like. Luckily, though. I have three Final Four teams left and my championship game still intact. How about you, Elrod? I have Iowa win the national championship, and they're going back home. So, yeah, that's how I'm doing. I, I, three of my Final Four teams are going to the house. So, let's go Zaga. How's your brackets looking, B? Okay, I shamefully didn't do a bracket this year. I don't know why. Just kind of slipped by me, but – so you're if I'd have done one, I would have had Florida State going all the way. <laughs> you would have had Florida State. Pretty much. <laughs> I'd have Florida State going all the way, and so far, so good. Hey, I've got We're them in the, in the final four. We're in the sweet 16. I've got them in the final you four. You have Florida State in the final four? It pained well, me, yeah. but I did it. I've got yeah, them losing how much in the final four. But... You, you better have them in the final one <laughs> if, you wanna, uh, if you wanna uh, I've got Gonzaga so we'll get, the, if you want to win. I've got Gonzaga. We'll get into that tonight. I've got Gonzaga beating Arkansas in the championship game. So far, so good. <laughs> Believe you said days from Arkansas. <laughs> get it. All right, guys. Before we get into our brackets, uh, before we get into uh, this second episode, the second round of the Convince Me Madness tournament, let's real very briefly – excuse me, get into the weekly shield. Make sure you're following us on all your social medias um, or all of our social medias. You can't really follow us on yours, Uh, but we are probably most active on Facebook, facebook.com slash convince me show. Some weeks now, I won't even say most weeks anymore, but some weeks now you can find uh, a, a Facebook preview over there, video format preview of every week's show when we 
get those up, those will be up on facebook.com slash convince me show. Uh, we're on Twitter at convince me show. Occasionally we let you guys pick the topics. When we do that, we put polls up on Twitter. And as a matter of fact, the genre of this tournament uh, was determined by you guys voting on Twitter. So make sure you're following us over there. The next time we put one up for grabs, you can have a say in what the show will be. We're also on Instagram convince me show over on the gram as well nothing overly spectacular there but if you're going to follow some of the others you might as well follow us there and then of course we are on youtube tinyurl.com slash convince me show every single episode in its entirety in video format drops at the exact same time the podcast drops can be found over on youtube once again tinyurl.com slash convince me show and then of course we are a podcast uh we drop every wednesday morning wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts if we're not where you listen to your favorite podcasts make sure to let us know and we'll do what we can to get on there so that is the weekly shield Let's move in to the tournament. And before we do, I just want to pull up for our YouTube viewers. Um, podcast folks can't see, uh, but for our YouTube viewers, a, a little quick recap of last week. We had the number one Florida team beating the 16 seed Texas A&M. We had number eight Ohio State over Oregon. We had five Texas over 12 North Carolina, four Stanford over LSU. On the other side of the bracket, we had number two UCLA over 15 Alabama, number seven Oklahoma over 10 UConn, and our only upset of the first round, number 11 Florida State Seminoles over number six Michigan Wolverines. And then in the 314 matchup, we saw Southern Cal uh, take out number 14, Notre Dame, which leads us into tonight, the matchup I'm most excited to talk about. It is the 1-8 oh, matchup. What was that? What about that? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is our 1-8 matchup. Number one, Florida Gators against number eight, Ohio State Buckeyes, and since the Buckeyes are the lesser seed here, Mr. Elrod, presenting on the, on the uh, half behalf of the Buckeyes, you have the floor first. Well, I, I want to start off by saying this. It has been a very rough history in recent memory for the Ohio State University against the Florida Gators. Now, when you think of a, the Ohio State University, and that's how I will refer to them on the podcast tonight, you think of football. But I want to start off by talking about the other sports before I get to football. This is a tough matchup. I, I understand that. I'm the eight seed going against the one, but if, if you've watched any college basketball this year, this is the year of the Cinderella. This is the year of the underdog. Let's talk about Ohio State baseball for a minute. It's one of the four core sports. They're a northern school. Now, baseball and softball at Ohio State does not have the history that, uh, that Florida has. I will concede that. 
from the start. It's a colder environment up there. A lot of people want to go south where it's warm. But Ohio State does have some history with baseball. Uh, they won a national championship in 1966. They've got 16 Big Ten regular seasons and eight uh, Big Ten tournament championships. Um, ho- home of Nick Swisher. That's a name. That's a blast from the past. Uh, softball. We talked about softball. Uh, they've been in one Women's College World Series back in 82. They've got a Big Ten regular season championship with softball. But like I said, one thing that hurts Ohio State in this aspect is the cold weather environment. Let's talk about basketball for a minute. Men's basketball. Let's start off with men's basketball. Ten Final Fours. Bob, home of Bob Knight. A lot of people forget this. Bob Knight is a Buckeye. Uh, they have been named uh, an All-American 23 times. Uh, we've got those great uh, uh, Greg Oden, Mike Conley teams, Bad Mata. They did fall to the Florida Gators in recent memory, and I believe that was the title game. But uh, they do have a, a strong – they don't have a national championship, but they do – I'm sorry, they, in 1960 they do have the championship and 10 Final Four. So they do have less championships than the Gators do. Women's basketball, when you look at that, they've won 12 Big Ten championships, uh, 24 appearances in uh, the Big Dance. They have a runner-up in 93. Um, They're uh, famous for being the start of Tara Vanderveer, who is the coach at Stanford now, who has won national championships. But let's talk about football. Football is a big-ticket item at Ohio State. When you look at value in terms of what a program is worth – this was very interesting. The, I was thinking Notre Dame or Alabama might be the most valuable program in terms of dollars, but it's Ohio State. Number one most valuable program in the country. Eight times they have been a national champion. 39 Big Ten championships. And creating the Heisman Trophy after the Ohio State University. Seven times Archie Griffin, the only two-time recipient of the award. Look at consensus All-Americans, 90, which is second to uh, Notre Dame's 104, but a lot more than Florida's 33, I must say. All-time record, 931 wins, 25 bowl victories. I want to just real quickly compare Florida – and Ohio State in terms of football, because this is important. This is the big ticket item at both schools. When you do a deep dive and look at the statistics, Ohio State's overall win percentage is 730. Florida's is 632. Eight national championships to three national titles. 39 conference championships to eight conference championships. 931 wins to 743. Seven Heismans to three. Now, Florida has had more recent success with Heismans and national championships. But when you look as a a whole, this is not even close. 84 first-round picks to 54 first-round picks. 934 weeks in the AP poll to 634. And when you look at weeks at number one, 105 to 41. It's not even close. Ohio State has the history and has the, the championships. And the most important sport, Florida has those, but not nearly as much. So 
Cinderella should advance, just like the tournament. What I failed to mention to our viewers, obviously, we know this. Um, but what we're really looking at here in these quarterfinals, uh, we're kind of looking at how good – we're looking at what we might refer to as Capital One Cup sports. And those are the five ba- major sports that that go mostly into the Capital One Cup standings that I talked about last week. Those are football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball. Uh, so if you hear us say Capital One sports, you hear us say non-Capital One sports – that's what we mean. Uh, those are the big five as far as, you know, media coverage, as far as ticket sales, things of that sort. So if you hear us say that, uh, that's what we're talking about. But when we look at Florida, um, here's, the, here's the thing. Um, whether we are looking at, at Capital One Sports, whether we're looking at non-Capital One Sports, we kind of wanted to touch on what their best sport is, especially among Capital One Sports. Um, and with Florida, it's not as cut and dry as one might think. As a Florida fan, I'll admit I'm a little biased here, uh, but to really look into which program is better between football and baseball uh, was tough for me. In the end, you do have to go football. Uh, they do have three national championships. They've got three Heisman winners. They are uh, perennially there. But when you look at their Capital One sports as a whole, I want to look at those as a whole first. Florida is the only school in the SEC and one of only four schools in the entire country that has a national championship in football, men's basketball, and baseball. Only four schools in the entire country uh, have ever done that. Uh, Florida is one of those. Uh, 1983, the National Association of College Directors of Athletics started what they call the overall athletics programs in the country. This just started in 1983. Florida has been listed as one of the 10 best overall in the country every single year uh, since 1983, most of those being top five. Of course, last week I talked about the Capital One Cups. They're one of only two schools that have won a men's and a women's Capital One Cup. They won the first two men's Capital One Cups, and then the women have won as well. Uh, but when we go beyond just those Capital One sports, which Florida is, they're great all around. Football, championships, Heismans, basketball, championships, baseball, championships, softball, championships, women's basketball, maybe not so much. But even when we expand outside of those Capital One Cups, there are 21 teams that Florida has, the University of Florida has, men's and women's combined, there are 21 teams. 14 of those 21 teams have won national championships. Baseball, basketball, football, the men's golf team is a four-time national champion. The men's indoor track and field, five-time champion. Uh, Outdoor track and field, four-time champion. Men's swimming, two times. And then on the women's side, golf, gymnastics, track and field, soccer, softball, swimming, and tennis. Their tennis team has won seven 
national championships. Uh, so whether we're looking at Capital One or or not, Florida is is overall uh, very very dominant. And what I want what I want to look at from one perspective though. Uh, to really hone in on something I didn't mention last week when it comes to non-Capital One sports, Florida's swimming program uh, is absolutely incredible. They they're, Just their women's team has produced a three-time Olympic gold medalist, or excuse me, two three-time Olympic gold medalists, and a four-time Olympic gold medalist, who is also the first American swimmer to compete in five Olympic Games. And their men's swim team has produced seven Olympic gold medalists, probably most notably being uh, Ryan Lochte. So I think top to bottom, uh, Florida is just they're, – they're dominant across the board. They've got their weak spots. Women's basketball, they're not that great at. Uh, their women's lacrosse team, their only team to not be in the SEC, is average at best. But – historically across the board, if they wear blue and orange and have a Gator on their Jersey, uh, there's a good chance they're a good team and they're a top caliber team. So ben, you know, one quick thing, here. One, one, one thing. I got a rebuttal, got a rebuttal here. Okay. Here's my problem. Here's, here's my problem with Florida in terms of the, the capital one sports. There was a time in your lifetime and my lifetime, right? I don't think you can argue that the, the top two Capital One sports is probably men's basketball and football, right? If you had to rank them all in terms of importance, in terms of revenue, men's basketball, football. Yeah. Right? There was a time in our life where Florida did not have a national championship in football and men's basketball. They didn't have any championships in football, any in basketball. I, th- I could think Florida is new money. They're new money. They have all these championships in terms of their sports, top two sports in our lifetime. Yes, but they've since won three in football and two in basketball. That's true. but And that's look- not – you say new money. The first one was 1996. Yeah. That was 25 years ago. That, that's true, but I'm saying that it's re, it's a recency bias with Florida. You've got to look at the whole with Ohio State. They have been consistent in their sports from day one. It's not any money. They've been doing it a long time. Bennett, where well, do you weigh in? What this is this is close for me. Um, I'm going to have to go down to a tiebreaker, and the best way I can figure out to do a tiebreaker would be have either one of these teams played each other in a championship, <laughs> Florida versus Ohio State. Once in football and once in basketball right off the top of my head. What were the outcomes? Um, I believe, well, Ohio State in the football game did run the opening kickoff back. Again, uh, baby. Again. And then proceeded to get shellacked the rest of the game. So Florida won that one. And let me think basketball, those Greg Oden, Mike Conley teams. Oh, Florida won that one as well. Hey, wasn't Greg Oden that one guy that won a lot of money? <laughs> Remember that <laughs> when we were at the card shop? And the guy was like, I got one of them cards of that guy that wants all that money. Yes, Greg Oden, the 48-year-old rookie, um, at least by his appearance. Well, oh, 
I rest my case. Rep made it for me. Oh, Elrod, I'm curious to hear your vote. Well, here's the thing. When I look at the top two sports, I mean, Florida's got the edge in total national championships in men's basketball, but when you look at the history of football and the history of basketball as a whole and the top two sports, I mean, Ohio State clearly leads in both categories. Yep. But when you look at top to bottom, when, when you when you factor in the other capital one sports and the other ones that uh, we have, I didn't talk about, it's clearly Florida. So I, I believe Florida would have the edge if you look at every sport, but if you hone in on the top two revenue sports, I don't think there's any question that the history would justify Ohio state. You got, you got to think though, Ohio state every year, all they have to do is get past Michigan. And then the rest of their schedule is a, is a cakewalk. Who do they play? Like four high school teams, a JV team, Michigan. Is that it? I think so. Michigan State. So yeah, of course you're going to have some wins and some some conference championships and maybe some top ten finishes when you finish nine and one after losing to Michigan. I'm going to go with Florida on this. If I had to. <laughs> I mean, top to bottom, top to bottom. If we're talking, this is a top to bottom tournament. And I, I can't be honest with myself if I, don't, if I don't go Florida, but it's a lot closer than an 8-1 matchup. Well, in a shocker to absolutely no one, my vote will also go to Florida. And therefore, Florida will be our first semifinal team. And because of that, it won't be the last time that we talk about them tonight. Uh, but it will be the last time we talk about Ohio State, who again falls to Florida in an important game. See you later, suck eyes. All right, moving on to our next matchup. And our next matchup is the 5 4 matchup, number five, Texas Longhorns, taking on the number four, Stanford Cardinal. And, uh, Mr. Elrod, you are the lesser seed here again, representing the Longhorns. Present thou case. Well, Texas Longhorns. I'll start off by talking about the most important sport with Texas, and that is if you're talking about Texas, you're talking about football. Texas Heisman Trophy winners. You've got Earl Campbell. You've got Ricky Williams, the, run, the running back the running back university, Texas. Texas has 891 total wins. Uh, they recently passed Nebraska for uh, uh, second on all-time all win list. They've got the national championships. Everybody remembers Vince Young, iconic, running into the Rose Bowl end zone, beating uh, USC at the time, which I'll talk more about them later on in that. Uh, the 120 All-American selections – 48 of those being consensus All-Americans. Four national championships, even though they, there's nine that are unclaimed. Um, so, Texas, when you think of Texas, you're talking about football. Now, let's talk about men's basketball with Texas. Um, a lot of people, when they think of Texas men's basketball, they think of Kevin Durant or they think of Rick Barnes. Uh, they've won 27 conference uh, championships, which is second only to Kansas. Kansas is going to have every record in the Big 12, but Texas is uh, second in the Big 12. Uh, they've been to um, the regionals, uh, 
Elite Eight seven times. Uh, the best season that Texas basketball had was in 1932 when they went 22-1. and one. So there is a, a deep history. They have an NIT championship. Uh, they won a national championship before the NCAA tournament in 33. Uh, but they do not have a national championship in the modern-day NCAA tournament. Uh, what gets lost when you're talking about Texas is how good their women's basketball program is. Uh, back in the 80s, you had Pat Summit uh, with uh, the Rosin with, with UT, uh, Lady Vols. You didn't have UConn back then. You had UT, or Tennessee. You had Louisiana Tech. Then you had USC – which we'll talk about later on that. We also had Texas. Jody Conrad was one of the founders um, of modern day women's basketball. Um, Pat Summit gets a lot of credit for bringing women's basketball to the forefront, but Jody Conrad won over 900 games herself at Texas. Uh, she won a national championship in 86 during that, uh, during the reign of the Lady Vols, been to three final fours, um, multiple eight elite eights. So um, women's basketball is no slides at Texas either. But let's talk about baseball. Baseball in Texas is 1B to football. Uh, They are the winningest college baseball team in the history of the NCAA. They they hold the record for most appearances in Omaha with 35 and the most uh, college World Series uh, games won. They've won six national championships, most recently in 2005. Uh, we'll talk uh, in the event that my Texas Longhorns advances past this round. We'll talk about some of the some of the great baseball players that have come from Texas and Rutt's favorite player, Roger Clemens. Uh, we'll talk more about him later than not. Uh, talk about softball. Texas softball, very solid. Uh, let's see here. Uh, They have uh, an All-American, Kate Osterman, a four-time All-American. They've been to uh, the Women's College World Series 20 times. And they've they've won it. Uh, So when you look at the Capital One Cup, when you look at those sports, you can make the argument that they are much more solid than even Ohio State because they've got the baseball and they got the softball pedigree. Uh, So – I believe my Texas Longhorns, when you look at other sports uh, separate and apart from the Capital Ones, um, Texas is a great golf school. They've won three national championships, 47 Big 12 championships. When you look at some of the golfers that have come through Texas, Jordan Spieth is the most recent uh, national champion that they had. Justin Leonard, Ben Crenshaw, arguably the best putter of all time. Uh, so they have put out some uh, pretty good golf talent uh, so that would be the, the other sport that I would mention apart from the Capital One teams. Mr. Bennett, the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, the, the Stanford Cardinal. The uh, Cardinal, as you say, they, uh, they have a very rich history in athletics, believe it or not. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple real quick from the men's and women's side from the Capital One Cup. Um, for 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 the men's side, I'd say the the football team is it's it's a pretty solid uh, foot uh, organization. Uh, 
they fielded their first football team way back in like 1892. So, like I said, there's a lot of history there with the football team. And they actually competed in the very first Rose Bowl way, way, way back when. They have two national championships. I think a lot of people don't realize that Stanford do has uh, two national championships. Um, they, for a while there, they were always a bet to finish in the top 10 at some point. As a matter of fact, they finished in the top 10 in six different decades. And as early or as recently as 2015, they finished number three in the country. They've played in 30 bowl games and 15 of those being Rose Bowls, which is the third most of any team in the NCAA. They, they do have one Heisman winner, which is the knock that they've only had one Heisman winner in Jim Plunkett. But interestingly enough, they've had six others that have finished runner-up in the Heisman. So just couldn't quite get over that final hurdle to bring them home more Heismans. But they've had some great, great uh, players come out of um, their football organization. Now I'm going to talk about a little bit later on, hopefully. Uh, moving on, I'd say probably for the men's – the first thing I think of is baseball, which was also founded in uh, 1892. They've got 21 conference championships, which includes four of them in a row, 97, 98, 99, and 2000. Um, as far as tournament appearances go, they've got 34 uh, NCAA tournament appearances, including two impressive runs where they went eight years in a row 81 to 88, and then went 13 years in a row from 94 to 06. Um, during those spans, they had 11 regional championships and 16 appearances in the College World Series. And although they don't have a, uh, a College World Series win, they finished runner-up three times. And um, they do have uh, two NCAA tournament championships, though, in 87, 88. So for, for football, it's definitely the history there with the Rose Bowl and for um, their ability to always kind of finish there in the top ten for six different decades. And then baseball has always been a really, really good um, school to play baseball at. And just they've been right there so close to getting those College World Series wins. just doesn't quite happen for them yet. Um, on the women's side, softball, just like baseball, they've got – 17 NCAA tournament appearances, which and impressively enough, they went 16 years in a row from 98 to 2013. They've, they've got two College World Series appearances, and uh, they do have a conference championship back in 05. But for, for the best of the best for the women's is by far their basketball they have uh, 25 conference championships, including as recently as this year in 2021. Um, they've got 14 conference tournament championships, 34 NCAA tournament appearances, including 33 straight years. So they were like a lock, you know, to make the tournament every year, it seemed. Um, final fours, they've been the final four 13 times. They've been runner up twice and they do have two championships. So very, very, very good basketball school. And for Stanford's women, if you move kind of outside the Capital One Cup, I would say by far, if you are good at tennis, you need to go to Stanford. The men have 17 championships and the women have 20. 
championships. That is absurd. Uh, for the men, that was 17 is the second most in uh, NCAA history for men's. And they won they won a few times in the 70s, but they won six times in the 80s and six times in the 90s. So they absolutely dominated the 80s and the 90s in tennis. And uh, for the women, I mentioned they've had 20 championships. They are your current champion. So it should be fresh in everybody's mind there. Uh, they have won the majority. This is crazy. They've won the majority of the uh, of the championships. And in, in 38 seasons, they've won it 20 times. So <laughs> they've won the championship more than they've lost it, which is absolutely crazy. But other than that, you look at stuff like golf. They have men have nine championships. Gymnastics, the men have six. Water polo, the men have 11. Like I said, tennis, they have 17. Um, in total, they have 67 championships for the men. Women's cross country, five. Golf, one. Soccer, three. Swimming, 11. Tennis, 20. Volleyball, nine. And water polo, seven. So that's 59 in total for the women. So um, my final points are Stanford has 126 NCAA championships combined, which is the most of any Division I school in the country. They've won championships in 20 different sports. If we want to talk about uh, a university that is good in all-around sports, winning a championship in 20 different sports, I think that qualifies. Um, one big, huge thing that Stanford has going for them is their 25 consecutive Director's Cups, which, of course, the Director's Cups go to uh, – they're awarded annually to the most successful college in the country. They have 25 straight, so that speaks for itself. And uh, one final point, too – other than winning all these championships, they also win medals. They have 270 Olympic medals to boot to go along with the championship. So there is a whole lot of hardware being passed out there at uh, Stanford University. Well, I will go first here. I mentioned it uh, last week that due to somebody on this panel – Stanford is criminally, uh, vastly underseated in this tournament at number four. Uh, two folks on this panel had them as their number two. One of them had them low enough to get them as the number four seed. Uh, that being said, Texas has a fantastic history uh, with their sports program. Uh, definitely elite, definitely deserving of this top five seed. Um, but Stanford's just so stacked uh, across the board in all sports, uh, top to bottom. I've got to give my vote to Stanford. So, uh, Bennett, yeah. are you sticking with uh, the team you are presenting here? My, my point I want to make is, Stanford should be on the other side of the bracket in the uh, the number two slot, but they're not, so that's okay. Um, the, the one thing that jumps out to me is the 126 championships and the 25 consecutive Directors' Cup. So for that alone, I mean, I think you, you force your hand and you have to go Stanford. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cut the music. 
I know where this argument's going. Rudd is already planting a seed. He's going to be like John Calipari compl- complaining about his bracket on the next round when Florida's got to play Stanford in the semifinals. He's, he's, already, he's already planning uh, for his excuse. But I, I think that I, I think that Texas and Ohio State are very similar in this regard. I think if you look at the top two uh, football, men's basketball, if you compare those to Stanford, I think that it's clear that Texas would win. But when you look at it stacked top to bottom, including those non-capital ones, uh, sports, you've got to go Stanford on this. I mean, I think Ohio State, Texas are very top-heavy uh, with their sports. But when you look at top to bottom, it's got to be Stanford. I definitely – Agree. So we we've gone splits or no splits here. Unanimous decision uh, in, in both matchups here. Three zero. Uh, what were you Owen, saying? Oh, and two for me tonight. Gotcha. You've got another argument to make, um, and you can make that argument just in just a moment. Uh, we are going to scroll to the other side of the bracket, but before we do, we are going to scroll to a quick break. Uh, we will be right back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me pull up our trusty bracket here as we switch to the other side of the bracket. We have number three, USC Trojans taking on Cinderella of this tournament, the number 11 seed, Florida State Seminoles. And Mr. Bennett. As the lesser seed, would you proudly present to us uh, the case for the 11 seed Florida State Seminoles here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go rogue a little bit, but bear with me as I plead my case here because it'll make sense. Okay. Now, we all know FSU as one of the top football programs in the country, give or take. Not so much the last few years, but in the whole, yes. 90s powerhouse, you know, they had the 36 consecutive uh, bowl game streak, which is an NCAA record. But here lately, FSU has – they've really blossomed out to be more of a premier multi-sport university and not just so much about football. Real quick, let's look at Florida State and the rankings. And these rankings were as of – March 17th of this year, volleyball ranked 25th, women's swim and dive 25th, men's swimming and diving 16th, women's track 16th, women's cross country 15th, men's basketball 14th and are currently in the sweet 16, softball ranked 13th, men's track 6th, women's tennis 6th, women's golf number two in the country, women's soccer number one, men's golf number one, Beach volleyball number one. So they have six teams in the top ten, and they have three number ones in the country as of the last time the polls were updated. Now, real quick, yeah, USC, they do have more championships than Florida State does. But what has USC been up to lately? Men's baseball, they last won in 98. Gymnastics, indoor and track, outdoor track, swimming – None of those teams have won a championship in the last 40-plus years. Tennis, they won back in 14, so that's creeping up on a decade ago. Water polo, 
real recent, 2018. Football, they won in 04, but that was vacated, so that doesn't matter. Now, FSU does have 17 championships in men and women's combined. Football, three of them, 93, 99, and 13. Last time I checked, 2013 was more recent than 04. Men's track and field, they have a championship in 06 and in 08, which is more recent than USC. For the men's, also, FSU has more championships in gymnastics. You would think USC would have more, but the men's gymnastics for FSU has more. And they have just two less in in men's volleyball than USC. Um, The women also hold their own as well up against USC. Each school has uh, two uh, track and field championships and uh, two region soccer. But FSU has three softball whereas USC is at a big old goose egg zero and talk about I'm sure you gonna talk about their golf team but FSU is just uh, two championships behind them in golf overall men's football team three championships outdoor track and field two championships volleyball two gymnastics two women track and field two softball three golf one and soccer twice now real quick a few little fun facts since Florida State has joined the ACC in 1992, you can't really deny their surgent success that they've enjoyed throughout all sports, not just football. Since 92, they've won 80 ACC team championships in 14 different sports. That's what's important. 80 championships in 14 different sports. And 21 of those titles have came within the last four years. In the 2016-2017 season, FSU was the only FBS school in the nation to have each of its sports advance to the NCAA postseason. And since 2010, Seminole teams have qualified and uh, NCAA postseason play in 147 out of 154 opportunities. So they're getting it done across the board. Um, What I want to say to y'all is – don't just look at USC's numbers because you're you're going to be living in the past. You know we need to we need to look and focus a little bit more about what's going on in today's times instead of don't be one of those guys. Well, yeah, well back in the day we were good. That's like a that's like being a Cowboys fan. Don't be a Cowboys fan. So if you look at 2021, I think that Florida State does as good a job as anybody in the country at representing success across the board in all sports. So for that reason alone, I think one should go for Florida State. Then it turning Elrod's old money and new money concept against him there, Mr. Elrod, the mighty Trojans of USC. Well, I must say, I was not expecting to bring a knife to a gunfight, but that's pretty much what I've done. How about – Free Shoes University going hill. Going hill with the steel chair over the head. But here's the deal. I know he said you don't want to look at history, but you kind of have to. We're looking at these teams as a whole. Let's just briefly – when we just saw the numbers with Stanford a minute ago about how many national championships Stanford has. Well, USC is right behind them. 130 team national championships – I have to go through all these stats. They got 97 for the men. They've got just as many for the women. But when you talk about USC, I could go any number of sports in terms of what is what what are they famous for? I mean, most people consider the, the Trojan football team. 
as the, I mean, they are the, the moneymaker. They've won the national championship 11 times. They've got the Heisman Trophy winners. They got seven of them. They got uh, R- Reggie Bush. We know it's vacated. Carson Palmer, Matt Leonard, Marcus Allen, uh, 12 people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson, uh, contrary to his personal endeavors, great football player, great at USC. Let's look at the USC baseball program. 12 national championships in baseball. And these were not back in the early 1900s either. These are recent championships. You look at uh, men's basketball. The one one weak point of USC is their men's basketball program. They've got over 1,000 wins, but uh, they've got two Final Fours, but they do not have a national championship. One of the only sports that they do not have a national championship in at USC. Women's basketball. This was eye-opening for me. When you look at – I consider UConn one, Tennessee two on women's basketball. But when you drill down and look at history in the players that have come out of this university, it's worth noting that they've got two uh, back-to-back – one of the only schools to have back-to-back championships other than Tennessee and UConn is USC. Let me name you just some people to come out of this program. Cynthia Cooper, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Miller, Tina Thompson. All these are Hall of Famers. All of these players came from USC. I know that you don't want to – you look at the most recent championship for Florida State. Yeah, it's they have a more recent – football championship but when you look at the stats when you compare the big ticket program football it's not even close overall 11 national championships of three 37 conference championships of 15 53 bowl games you compare double the Heisman Trophy winners double the consensus All-Americans double the NFL draft picks which they're number one in by the way 512 785 weeks in the in the uh, AP poll 82 first-round picks to Florida State's 45. They overwhelm them in football. Basketball might be on an even playing field. Women's basketball is not on on an even playing field. And one thing I will say about a non-Capital One record that will never be broken by anybody, and let's talk about USC men's track for a second. The team championships in the middle part of the 20th century, USC men's track team won 26 consecutive national championships. That's going to be hard-pressed to break in any sport. That's going to be here for a long time. USC overwhelms Florida State in total total of total team national championships. They've got the history that they're not new money. They they haven't had the success that they've had with Pete Curl, but they're still a top 20 program. When you look top to bottom – it's USC all day, all day long. Mr. Elrod, I would like to commend you. You are growing. You are making progress. In the midst of that argument, you said when it came to women's basketball, UConn won, Tennessee too. And I am so national proud of you right now. National championships. So proud of you. I don't know um, about that. Elrod, are you sticking with your argument? Are you voting USC or are you going Florida State? I, you got to go USC top to bottom. You got to go USC. Mr. Bennett, are you sticking with your guns? Free University. 
couple things. Where's number one, number one, USC's football team have been around since the 1300s. <laughs> so it's natural that they're going to have more players in the NFL, more <laughs> championships, more Heismans. Really, Florida State didn't really take off until um, Bobby Bowden got there. So I think that the success that they've enjoyed over the shorter period of time, if you if you add that up to the time that USC has been a great program, I think they would be a little bit closer than they were. Fun fact about USC, though, to throw in there, um, there's a few scenes in Forrest Gump. Um, Forrest waiting for Jenny to get back to her college, and then he uh, knocks the socks off the guy in the car. That was filmed at USC. Um, Jenny in her dorm in her dorm room with Forrest. That was also filmed filmed at USC. So, yeah. So there's your fun fact. You Some go. of Forrest Gump was filmed at USC. There. Uh, mm, I'm gonna have to go with since Forrest Gump was filmed partly at USC. I'm gonna go with Florida State. <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> so this comes down to me and um, as much as I would love to here's the thing I'm going to pickle I either give Elrod a win or I pick Florida State it's a no win situation for me um but if we look at these teams on the merits, if we look at these teams on uh, how we rank them in our our rankings for these seedings, Bennett, you gave an absolutely valiant effort, fantastic argument. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to go with USC on this one. Is it was the was the was the Forrest Gump thing what? Pushed out right over the edge for the win. Yep, you basically handed it to him and didn't even realize. Oh, just like Jameis giving some crap legs away. But on the next, he, round. Did, he didn't give them away. <laughs> he never said he gave them away. Kept them for himself. All right, <laughs> one more matchup left in our quarterfinal round. It is the number seven seed Oklahoma Sooners. Against the number two seed UCLA Bruins, um, Oklahoma Sooners being the lesser, lesser seed, I will proceed, and this uh, won't take too long. Uh, if we look at what their best sport is, especially when we're looking at Capital One Sports, this one's not even close to anything. Uh, it's football. Seven national championships, 41 conference championships, seven Heisman trophies, uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Fun fact, the Oklahoma Sooners football team has scored the most points in Division One hi football history despite the fact that they've played over 60 fewer games uh, than the school that's second place on that list. Uh, they've put up a lot of points there uh, in Norman. They also, as I briefly mentioned last week, 
have the highest win percentage of any team in college football or Division One college football since the start of the AP poll uh, in 1936. When we look at them across all Capital One sports, um, they have national championships in baseball. They have national championships in softball. Men's and women's basketball, no national championships on either side, but championship game appearances for both. Uh, another fun fact, when combined, when Blake Griffin won the John Wooden Award and Sam Bradford won the Heisman Trophy, they became only the second school in history to have the top, uh, top individual award winner uh, in the same year uh, when Griffin won the Wooden Award and Bradford won the Heisman. Um, but I hope Mr. Bennett doesn't point out that the other school to do that was, in fact, UCLA <laughs> with Gary Beban's Heisman Trophy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's Player of the Year Award. Um, when we look at non-Capital uh, One sports, I, I mentioned this last week, but Oklahoma's wrestling team, is is just the absolute definition of a powerhouse. 23 conference titles, 263 All-Americans, 65 individual NCAA championships from that program, and seven team national championships from that program. Uh, they've produced Olympic champions. Uh, they've produced UFC fighters. Uh, the Oklahoma wrestling team is is a thing of legends. So, like I said, just a short recap, best team, hands down, football, amongst Capital One Sports, national championships in football, baseball, softball, championship game appearances in both men's and women's basketball. Uh, and then when you look at non-Capital One, they've got their wrestling team sitting there, which is an absolute juggernaut. Um so, Bennett, hit us with the uh, UCLA Bruins here. Yeah, for for uh, UCLA, I'm going to start with the men's, and you you have to go with the men's basketball team, one of the greatest basketball teams in the country, if you ask me. They, they uh, like Rutt said, they, they matched uh, – they matched Oklahoma there with the become. They were the first school though to do it to have a top winner in football and basketball with uh, Gary Beban and Cremo Georgia Bar. Um, <laughs> the the basketball team though is a very very storied program and a very elite program. It would they go have won a record eleven national championships. And the Texas, crazy Oklahoma part of, State, of that is 10 of those came in 12 in years close. from 64 to 75. Talk about a for LA dynasty in the, 10 times in 12 in years. That's just crazy. Game, UCLA, they, they also set USC. a record with 13 straight conference titles from 67 to 79. That's right. They've matter. had 54 consecutive winning seasons, and they stayed ranked number one for a crazy 134 weeks. They've got 25 Final Four wins. They've got four undefeated seasons. Four undefeated seasons. That's crazy. 37 regular conference championships and 47 NCAA tournament bids. 
they haven't had success only just in basketball. If you look at football, they uh, they've ranked in the top ten at least once in every decade, dating all the way back to the nineteen thirties. They've had thirty consensus All Americans. They've had West one Coast Heisman. Nuts. In baseball, they've made five trips to the College World Series. Um, they've had nine players that have represented uh, our nation and playing for uh, USA national teams. So you've got the 11 championships in basketball. Football, they've got one national championship. Baseball, they've got one College World Series win, and they have a, a runner-up uh, as well in the College World Series. Um, on the women's side, by far, you have to go with, with softball. This is one of the most decorated programs in the country. They, they lead all schools with 12 NCAA championships, 13 uh, women's college World Series championships, and seven runner-up. So potentially, they could have had 20 college World Series victories. They have 22 championship appearances and uh, 29 women's college World Series uh, appearances, which are both records, by the way. And they've also led all schools with 187 NCAA tournament wins. If you kind of move past the big five, um, the men have definitely um, seen the most success, and they've the seen the most success in, in volleyball. Men's volleyball is uh, a powerhouse with um, for championships. They've won 19 championship and probably their um, their greatest run came in the, in the 70s and the 80s they shortcomings they won seven out of ten years yeah seven out of ten years in the 70s Reggie Bush and six out of Matt ten Garrett, years Marcus in the 80s Allen. and then uh, they won I think four more in the 90s and a couple in the 2000s so if you look at top to bottom they've had 27 tournament appearances and uh 19 championships when you add all this up together in total, you've got the 76 championship. Uh, Bruce Matthews. I was going to talk about Bruce Matthews, one of the best offensive linemen of all time. And that gives and, UCLA uh, 119 Houston, NCAA, NCAA championships, Mike Williams, which is Matt good Markley, enough for Marcus second all-time True in the talent across the board. And so, Mr. Bennett, I talked earlier about the women's with your football or the women's basketball program there at USC. UCLA um, Bruins? If you did a top I am 10 a, list, a big uh, fan of – uh, Mr. Lou Alcindor, or we know as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I'm going to have to go with Kareem. And uh, I'm going to go UCLA here. uh, I think they've they've got a really great program uh, going on over there. Cynthia Cooper. Well, I think that I argued valiantly for the Oklahoma Sooners. All of these players came through USC. Program, legendary. When you if you did uh, a Tennessee all time, and with that said, my vote will also USC go all time. To UCLA. Brand. I think that USC team, um, if you, you combine the best players, not that it matters, but would definitely beat Tennessee. This, uh, probably beat the best of UConn, and that's that's pretty stout to say. When when you look at great Trojan players on the football side, the women's basketball side, I think they clearly edge UCLA. In men's basketball, not so much. I'm going to get dominated. No, right. I just want to say the UCLA that men's your, your team vote does matter. Dominate does matter. USC men's team. I'm, I, will, I will concede that um, when you look at those John Wood well, teams. Cream, so much for upsets. The Cinderella has gone down. We move 
I don't lose on baseball. Semifinals if you look at the great baseball um, players that have come as out. You can see of here USC. on your screen, YouTube viewers. Let's talk about Randy Johnson. Uh, we've got Let's the talk top about four Mark seeds. Pryor. Let's talk about our the final four. Uh, I know and, you're a big fan uh, of the Boone Brothers. Just mentioned both Boone Brothers, the of LA. USC First Trojans. Of all, we are guys from Tennessee. I win the baseball. People I are win ashamed the football. of us, and we should probably win, be ashamed wins, of ourselves. There are three pack. I don't win softball. Uh, and I don't win four basketball. Uh, but if you if you do the math, apparently I win the West Coast bias as well. Uh, USC and UCLA have, have comparable national that. championships when you look at everything. But let's think go on, to the uh, if you look at men's LA basketball, I lose. But if you look at um, football, let's do that one women's first. Basketball we'll go to the one four matchup last with the two seed versus the three seed. Two seed UCLA Bruins, three seed USC. Both of you guys have just argued these points what i want to do for the semifinals as you two gentlemen know but our viewers and listeners don't we're going to look back at, at some of the greatest pro athletes to come out of these programs uh in whatever sport it may be but just know gentlemen when we do make our picks we're taking every argument from last week and earlier tonight into consideration we're not just going to say the team with the best pro athletes gets to go to the finals um, but we're looking oh. at it as a whole, but as far as our argument period here, our debate period here in the semifinals, I do want to look uh, at the pro athletes from these schools. We will start with the lesser seed, Mr. Elrod and the USC Trojans.
Mr. Bennett, you had some interesting facial expressions there, uh, Mr. Elrod. Let's hear about oh, UCLA Bruins Lordy. athletes. Lordy, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, heck, let's just let's start with the baseball. Um, they've had they've had several um, decent names come out and play uh, professional baseball. Probably two of the most notable that you've probably heard of is uh, Troy Gloss. Four-time All-Star, 2002 World Series MVP, and uh, Chase Utley. Uh, Chase Utley was he was huge, you know, back in the 2006-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, World Series champion, and a member of the, of course, the All Decades team in 2000. But um, a little ditty that I find um, interesting and to kind of go against Elrod here is there was one more gentleman that uh, went to UCLA and played baseball. Who who was that? Oh, Jackie Robinson, the first UCLA student to letter in four sports, baseball, basketball, football, and track. Of course, we know him as uh, breaking the color barrier as the first African-American Major League Baseball player. He's a member of the All-Century team. He had his number retired across the entire MLB. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's a sports icon. He's an American icon. I think, I think just Jackie alone should should kind of sway that vote a, a, a tiny bit. Moving on, basketball. A, a few, a few huge names in basketball, then a few current names as well. Number one, uh, Donald Barksdale reason I mentioned him, he was the first um, African-American uh, basketball player to be named an All-American. He won Olympic gold. He was an all-star in the NBA, and he was he's a member of the NBA Hall of Fame. You've got current people like Lonzo Ball, who was number two pick. Um, you've got uh, Kevin Love, three-point contest winner, four-time all-star, Olympic gold medalist. Russell Westbrook, one of the biggest names in NBA then you've got Reggie Miller. You guys remember Reggie Miller, Olympic uh, Olympic gold medal winner, um, second most uh, three points, all three pointers of all time, and a uh, another NBA Hall of Famer. Couple a couple other gentlemen I saved best for last. I'll One, Mr. USC. Bill Walton, three-time College Player of the Year, two-time College Champion, number one pick, two-time NBA champion. MVP, Finals MVP, and a Hall of Famer. And then, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 19-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, six-time champion, two-times Finals MVP, six-time MVP. He was another three-time college player of the year. He won uh, three championships while he was at UCLA and was the all-time points leader upon his retirement from the NBA. He basically dominated at UCLA and dominated in the NBA, too. Now, moving on to football, the one name that really sticks out to me in football, they're not necessarily a huge uh, football school, but uh, Troy Aitman, of course, is probably the it. biggest name that people first think of about UCLA. He's a Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champ. But what you may not know is his number has been retired at UCLA. The number eight is retired. He's a college football Hall of Fame member and an NFL Hall of Fame member. Um, Brett, this one's for you. Randy Cross, the, 40, the great 49er, he went to UCLA. Of course, he was a three-time All-Pro, a three-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champ. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, and I think he's got 
a decent resume to maybe hopefully one day make it to the NFL Hall of Fame. He, he's right there, right on the fence for me. Um, a couple other Hall of Famers, Kenny Easley. He was the defensive player of the year in 84, Hall of Famer, like I said, three-time All-American, five-time Pro Bowl. His number is also retired at UCLA. And uh, Jonathan Ogden, one of the greatest uh, linemen of all time, his number is also retired by UCLA. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Multiple, multiple Pro Bowls, 11 of them. Multiple All-Pros, Super Bowl champ, NFL Hall of Famer, just a highly decorated career for him. Um, Moving on, Tennis, you don't really think tennis so much for UCLA, but a couple of names that really leaped out to me was Arthur Ashe. You know, he was a he was a number one ranked player back in the day. He's a Wimbledon champion, and he's in the Hall of Fame. And also uh, Jimmy Connors, who was also ranked number one, and he was ranked number one for a while. He was the first male to be ranked number one for over 200 weeks. He's a two-time Wimbledon uh, winner, and he's also in the Hall of Fame. And uh, track and field, another thing, the huge, huge names from track and field, Florence Griffith Joyner, gold medalist, world record holder. And uh, one name that actually beats that name, which is hard to do, is Jackie Joyner Kersey, who's a, who has three gold medals, all-time great Olympian, and a uh, an article, I think, by Sports Illustrated. Don't hold me to that, but they had uh, – they had voted for uh, greatest female athlete all time, and Jackie Joyner-Kersey landed in at number one on that list. So when you look at it as a whole, UCLA doesn't just have great athletes. They have, like, certified legends. You know, some of these names that I named off, Jackie Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, um, even, you know, Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Some of these names, I would put these names – up against any other university in the nation if we're talking, you know, top four, top five to come out of the school. Uh, Okay. I'll I'll cast my vote first here. Um, We look at the pros. We look at the arguments that have already been presented otherwise. Both of these schools uh, across all formats are elite uh, without a doubt. Um, USC, UCLA, crazy, all that history in one town. Uh, Bennett, you did not gain yourself any favor with your mention of that dastardly Chase Utley. Um, uh, but you gained some back with Cross, so that, that helped. That helped. Um, are you all going to make me the deciding vote, or are each of you sticking with your – Yeah, I'm staying with you, silly. This one's <laughs> close. This one's real, real close. This is semifinals of Convince Me Madness close. Um, but overall, top to bottom, I'm going to have to go with UCLA here. Um, so, again, no – Big upsets as the two seed moves to the championship game. But speaking of the championship game, um, I think it's safe to say our other matchup here is what some people might call the real championship of convincing madness. Um, 
considering these two teams came in at number one and number two on two of our lists, um, not on not on all of our lists, but uh, it's the one seed Florida Gators against the four seed Stanford Cardinal. The winner advances to the championship game to take on the UC, <coughs> excuse me, UCLA Bruins. Um, oddly enough, as the lesser seed, uh, the number four Stanford Cardinal Bennett, tell me about some of their pro athletes. Yeah, they've had some pretty huge names come out of come out of Stanford. Uh, I'll start with baseball first. The the one I just I just kept it to one. I'm trying to keep this short. One that really leaped off to me is Moose, Mike Messina. He had uh, two College World Series appearances. And his junior year, he had a sub-one ERA, which was good enough to land him the uh, first-round pick. Of course, you know, he had that stint with the O's and then into uh, with the Yankees there. He was a five-time All-Star. What people probably don't realize is he was a seven-time Gold Glove winner. And um, he led the MLB in wins in 95 and – uh, deservedly so, finally made in Hall of Fame in 2019. Uh, football, there's a few big names. Zach Ertz, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Andrew Luck, we know he his career was short, but his career at Stanford was huge. Two-time All-American, two-time Heisman finalist, Walter Camp and Maxwell Award winner, um, number one pick, and uh, – he actually set a few rookie records, too, as a Colt that uh, his first year. So he had a very, very, uh, very successful time at Stanford. Another name that a lot of people probably forget is Richard Sherman. He, he was from Stanford, um, Super Bowl champ, five-time Pro Bowl. Um, probably, whether you like him or not, one of the best cornerbacks we've seen in the last decade. You know, maybe a Hall of Famer one day. We'll see. You've got people like Christian McCaffrey, who's probably the number one or number two best running back in the league right now. Um, Jim Plunkett, Heisman Trophy winner. He was also a Walter Camp and Maxwell Award winner, Rookie of the Year, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Super Bowl MVP, and College Football Hall of Fame. And uh, another couple of big Hall of Fame names are John Lynch and John Elway. So if, if you were a John and you played football, odds are you were pretty good at Stanford. According to this, both of these men are Hall of Famers. You know, their career speak for themselves. So I'm not going to go into it on them. Moving on to golf here, they've actually had some huge golf names come out of Stanford. Number one, Tom Watson who was ranked number one from 78 to 82. He won eight majors, had 39 PGA Tour wins, um, and he's in the Hall of Fame. One of the one of the bigger names in women's golf, Michelle Wee, she came from Stanford. She's got five LPGA Tour wins, one major, and she's also got a couple of second-place uh, finishes as well. And then here's one for Elrod, Mr. Tiger Woods, one of the all-time greats. Came from Stanford, you know, sports icon, worldwide icon, you know, no number one for uh, seems like over a million weeks. You know, it seemed like in the fifteen majors. You know, I could I could do a whole show over Tiger, and I think we have them actually. Um, last one I want to touch on real quick, quick too, is the Olympics. Summer Sanders, 
Y'all remember Summer Sanders from uh, Nickelodeon. Before, uh, before she was a Nickelodeon spokesman on Figure It Out, she was a two-time gold medalist, and a, uh, she had eight U.S. championships and nine NCAA championships. Another big name, Katie Ledecky, nine gold medals, 15 world championships, which is the most ever, and she owns multiple world records as well. And the last one is a very important one, too, and that's Carrie Strug. If y'all remember, she's a uh, she's a national sports hero. You know, she was doing the the vault for USA, and USA had to have, I think it was over a nine point four, and uh, she goes up there on the first one and falls and gets a nine point one, and she she tears up her ankle pretty bad. But they said we need you to go out there. You need over a nine point four for gold, so she bears through it. LeBron would have just laid there and cried. And they would have had to carry him off. She gets up and she runs on that messed up ankle, torn ligaments and everything, sticks the landing, gets a 9.6, 9.7, something like that, and gives USA the gold and we beat the Russians in the Olympics. You know, just it's one of the most memorable moments in sports history. And so Carrie Strug also, yeah, Stanford. And for a rough point, this has absolutely nothing to do with uh, – sports but there's also a very important person that also came out of Stanford and that would be one Reese Witherspoon she went to Stanford so something to consider as well there has nothing to do with sports but I just want to throw it out there well Bennett knows what to do to throw me off my game and get my mind (laughs) elsewhere um Reese Witherspoon Mm -mm mm-mm-mm um, I mean, Florida has Aaron Andrews, but I still give the nod to, to Reese Witherspoon personally. But um, there you go. When we look at the Florida Gators and we look at, at their pro athletes, um, just a general overview they've had 372 guys drafted into the NFL, uh, 41 into the NBA, 201 by Major League Baseball, 52 of those to this point uh, have made Major League squads. There are 180 Florida Gators have made 292 Olympic appearances, and in those appearances have gained 126 medals, 60 of those being gold. Um, so when we look at this, uh, we start with our weakest argument first, right? We look at the NBA. Uh, Florida's had some guys. Bradley Beal is an all-star right now. Uh, he was a one because and done in Florida. You look at, guys I've been that talking about top maybe not have been superstars in the NBA, but spent most of them at least a decade in the NBA. But I, I uh, which to it that longevity's got something to it there. I have a chance. Uh, your David it's Lee, Al Horford, Joe Kim Noah, Corey Brewer, Mike Miller uh, has got a couple of rings. The uh, Jason Williams, to uh, the white one, you'll remember right from back assuming, in the day. He was a Gator. Parsons. These the are guys that weren't superstars, but stayed in the league for a long and time. And baby, that's what I'm uh, going to do right to be now. Said about that. Stanford Cardinal takes down um, the Florida Gators. Last year's I'll, or two years I'll ago, hope, last hopefully full season of baseball, Bennett we had doesn't do another hill turn leader, rookie of the year, Florida. the polar bear himself. Pete Alonzo was a Florida Gator, uh, and then several guys that are the in majors now that are serviceable at worst. That doesn't matter anymore. Um, you've got Mike anymore. Zanino, uh, Harrison Bader, Darren O'Day, uh, some other guys that had more than a cup of coffee in the majors, David Eckstein, Matt Laporta, 
guys with, with decent careers, all those came from Florida. Let's move to the NFL, shall we, when we're looking at pro athletes. The NFL's all-time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, was a Florida Gator. Jack Youngblood, Hall of Fame defensive end, uh, Florida Gators. The recently retired Pouncey Twins uh, were two of the best offensive linemen in the NBA or in the NFL. Uh, they would be the best offensive linemen in the NBA, oh. sure, <laughs> but two of the best offensive linemen in the NFL for the last decade. Uh, of course, they played together at Florida. Chris Collinsworth um, was a Florida Gator. Kevin Carter, former standout defensive end, uh, was a Florida Gator. And, of course, still, 22 years later, your NFL rookie sack record holder, Javon the Freak Curse, uh, was a Florida Gator. But w- when we go outside the big sports, uh, the big organizations, we look at some individual stuff. Uh, 2014 tour, tour championship and FedEx Cup winner Billy Horschel uh, was a Florida Gator. Ryan Lochte that I mentioned earlier, a 12-time Olympic medalist. He is the second most decorated male in Olympic swimming history in tied for second amongst men and women, tied with Dara Torres, also a Florida Gator, uh, and a couple other ladies as well. And probably the one that's had the most success in their sport uh, to come from the Florida Gators is Abby Wambach, (coughs) two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's won a World Cup. Um, She was a six-times United States Soccer Athlete of the Year. She's in the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Uh, She is second all-time amongst men and women uh, in international goals, and she was the 2012 uh, FIFA World Player of the Year. Uh, becoming the first American woman to win the award in over 10 years. Um, so some yeah, pretty yeah, decent good luck NBA, trying to argue, pretty good luck trying to argue Florida basketball over very UCLA good NFL. NFL. Billy Horschel had a very good year on the tour. Um, and then some fantastic <laughs> Olympics and uh, international players there. So Maybe a bit. combined with um, – all the other arguments that have been said, uh, I'll, I'll since my vote is probably the most obvious, I'll give mm-hmm. mine first. Um, don't get me wrong, Stanford was vastly underseated in our tournament here. Um, they you could very much make an argument for them to advance here to go to this championship game. I personally cannot take that stand. Uh, my vote will go to the Florida Gators. Mr. Elrod, where do you feel left out next week? I don't have a dog in this hunt. I I get to be in the jury next week. I am. I am.
Mr. Bennett, the vote is one to one, and I would remind you what your top seed was on the balance we handed in. I'm just throwing that out. Hmm. I was really hoping I didn't have to go last. I could I could probably flip a coin because this this really should be the argument that we're having next week, but we're not. We're having it now. Uh, you know, I I feel good about my my stance with with UCLA. So for for next week, we're going to have UCLA versus Florida. <laughs> Boom! But, but it's so. Dang, it's it's tough. Stanford, man, they're sneaky, sneaky. You wouldn't expect all the accolades that Stanford's had, but there they are. I mean, and to be completely honest, obviously I am extremely biased in this argument. But if you take Florida out of the equation, if you put Stanford up against any of the other 14 teams in our bracket, I'm picking Stanford. Um Blame Elrod uh, that we have this match right now uh, and not next week because this should be next week's matchup. It is not. Blame it on the seating. But, hey, uh, the the basketball committee never really gets it right. Why should we? Why should we show them up? Uh, we need a little adversity here as well. And uh, just for those of you on our YouTube, I will give you the final look. At next week's championship matchup, number one seed, Florida Gators, number two seed, UCLA Bruins, and we're diving deep into this one, gentlemen. Um, it's going to be a good showdown. Uh, to be completely honest, I'm going to bury Elrod one more time. I really would have liked to go in-depth uh, on Florida and, and Stanford even more than we did tonight. But I still, just because I say that, don't count out the Bruins. Because um, those, I mean, they're both top three seeds for a reason. Um, so, gentlemen, any. I'm going to try to skyhook into the championship here. Are you trying to tell me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is better than Joe Kim Noah? His hair wasn't as good. I don't know, man. He had some pretty sweet hair back in college. And he had the big old mutton chops, too. That he did. All right, guys. That'll do it for rounds two and three. We started with 16. Next week, we got two. It's a showdown for the ages. Florida Gators, UCLA Bruins, the finale, the championship, the big shebang. Florida and UCLA next week. Gentlemen, any parting words before we go? You're going to be doing a lot of hosting duties next week. Bennett, parting thoughts? Yeah. yeah um, FSU alumni. Derek Brooks, Walter Jones, Randy Moss. Randy Moss played in 95. He didn't play, but he was on the team. 
Ron Simmons, Fred Blitnikoff, Anquan Bolden, Leroy Butler, Dalvin Cook, Lee Corso, Work Dunn, Burt Reynolds, Myron Roll, who's a Rhodes Scholar and a neurosurgeon now, Deion Sanders, Charlie Ward, Peter Warwick, Chris Winkie, and Famous Jameis. Hey. That's all I got to say about that. Charlie Ward was a point guard. He was. I could. I had him in basketball category, too, if I miraculously would have advanced. But y'all never get to hear the rest of my alumni. <laughs> Sorry. That will do it for this week, folks. We will see you back here next week uh, for Mr. Bennett, for Mr. Elrod. I'm Rutt. And uh, we'll see you then. Peace.